grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Is it better to get what you want now or later? Depends on what you want. In today's epistle lesson, Paul says that Christians wait with patience. We hope for something that we do not yet see. And for what do we hope and for what do we wait? We hope and wait for glory. Not earthly glory, but heavenly glory. Now that glory that is to come is a reality. Christ's glory is a reality now. It exists, we just do not see it. It has not been shown to the world in its fully unveiled expression yet. But on the last day, we know, we have the confidence that every eye will see the glorified Jesus in His full splendor, and that will be a welcome and joyous sight. But there's more glory to be had. More glory for which we hope and more glory for which we wait. More glory that God promises for you. On the last day, God will also glorify all those in faith, the children of God, in our bodies, bodies which will no longer carry any sin, death, but will be like Christ's own glorious body. And on the last day, the children of God will be revealed. And you will be able to see quite plainly Who is a child of God and who is not? Right now, the world can't tell. Yes, there's fruit that we might be able to guess. There's some things that we might be able to guess um, that that person is a child of God, but we can't tell what's in the heart. The sons of God don't always look that different from those around them, right? The sons of God experience the negative things of a fallen, broken creation. Things done to them. And the sons of God also do sinful things to others. But on the last day, all of that will be in the past. On the last day, every eye will see the children of God in full Splendor. What a welcome and joyous sight. But that's not all, brothers and sisters in Christ. There is more glory to be had. It doesn't take us long to look at the world itself and know that it's a broken place. That's putting it mildly. Natural disasters, severe weather, drought, famine, disease, disharmony, death. We could go on and on and on and on. And I know that you know that that began with the fall into sin. When Satan convinced Eve that God's design was not adequate. That there was more to be had. Better things to be had. We all know how that turned out. And now the world is filled with suffering. Everyone wants that suffering to stop. And everyone has their own ideas on how to make that happen. And many have tried, but none have topped the way that the things were before the fall into sin. 
The good old days. I don't know what you consider those to be. For some of us, it's the 90s. For some of us, it's the 80s. For some of us, it's the 70s. I don't think it's any. It's the 60s for anyone. I'm just teasing. I'm totally teasing. I'm teasing. I really am. 50s, 40s, whatever decade is yours, you know. The good old days were really only the good old days. They were only perfect before humanity's fall into sin. And they will only be perfect again um, upon our Lord's return. Paul puts it this way. For we know, right, it's not a mystery. We know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. All created things are corrupted. What Adam broke, only God can fix. And God promises He will. That the futility in all creation will come to an end through a Savior. And on the last day, every eye will see, quote, the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. What a joyous and welcome sight, this glory of God. Now we have that in measure now. Jesus gives us a glimpse of it in very different things, but one of the, one of the prime examples would be the rising of Lazarus. You guys remember that from John chapter 11. Uh, Jesus waits to come to Bethany even though word has been sent that Lazarus is sick, he's ill. And when Jesus comes to the tomb, it's too late. It's already been four days. And Mary tells Jesus that he shouldn't open the tomb because Lazarus, well, wouldn't smell too good. Now listen to what Jesus says to her. Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? There it is. If you believed, you would see the glory of God. So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I have said this on account of the people standing around, that they might believe that you have sent me. And when Jesus said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth, Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. And isn't that beautiful? Unbind him and let him go. Yes, you would do that. It's almost as, as if Jesus had said that to death itself. Glory. You might remember the unscripted, it's not complicated, AT&T commercials a few years back in which um, a, a man questions a panel of, of young children. And the questions kind of seem obvious, at least to the kids, right? What's better, more or less? And the kids are, jump right in, more! Faster, slower, faster! Playing in a you know, backyard or in a big, huge stadium, big, huge stadium, you know, the answers come quickly. But in one commercial, he asked the following. Why, so it's already tilted, why is it better to get what you want now instead of later? And this kindergartner answers, because you don't want to have to wait to eat your raisins. Right? 
We've got all kinds of answers for why, we, why it's better to have it now rather than later. But you don't want to have to wait to eat your raisins. And the panelist is a little bit perplexed and he says, why not? Because they'll turn into grapes, she says. <laughs> and the interviewer breaks the news to her. Not sure that's the way it works. And the girl insists that she's got it right. And she simply says, yes. It is hard to wait for something as wonderful as the glory of God. I don't blame you for wanting it now. It is hard to wait for something so wonderful. And with some of the suffering that you might be enduring right now or that you've endured in the past, it is hard to endure. And so we do something silly, kind of like Eve did. We take matters into our own hands, thinking that we can end the suffering. End it by numbing the pain or taking pleasure whenever and wherever and however that we can. And even Christians can fall prey to this. Take false confidence in things and in what things will make everything all right. Paul says we don't even know what to pray for or what to ask for that will really make the difference. With an eternity of such enormous worth before us, such huge benefits, such glory, all that comes from God, we must recognize that God has things on His timetable and that He will do it according to His perfect will and gracious will, but that He will do it To give you this confidence and this assurance, God does not leave you alone. Not only has God given you a Savior in the person of Jesus Christ, but also He has given you His Holy Spirit. Because we struggle with the forces of sin and death, because it's so hard for us to wait for something so wonderful, God promises to send you His Holy Spirit through the means of grace, through word and sacrament, with the purpose of helping you in your weakness and in your frailty. The Spirit helps you to pray for those things and focus on those things that you really, really need. The Spirit Himself intercedes for you with groanings too deep for words. And He who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints According to the will of God. So it's according to the will of God that He's there and it's according to the will of God that the Spirit is leading you to pray for what you ought. Empowers you in your weakness to rely and believe and remain resolute in God's promises. So what do we really need? We really need faith. Especially when we suffer. We need faith. Faith in God and His promises. And the Spirit helps you in your weakness and in your frailty. We know the world is broken. There's no question about it. We know that we're broken too. Inwardly, we're not right. Outwardly, many times. And we can't put our suffering into words, but the Spirit helps us to know and believe that God 
will make everything all right. I'm selling God way short here. It's a lot better than just all right. Paul puts it this way. I consider that the sufferings of this present age are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us. And really, it's, it's accounting. It's, it's simple accounting for Paul. Another way to say it is, I count that the sufferings of this present age are not of equal value, are not nearly of equal value to the glory which is about to be revealed to us, which is about to be revealed to us. And this is our confidence with the Holy Spirit. We hope, we wait with patience for glory. I mean, which is greater, intermittent suffering in 60, 70, 80 years or eternal bliss in a perfectly restored creation? Uh, through the Holy Spirit, you and I can say it's not complicated. That's an easy that's an easy choice, right? That's an easy answer. Which is greater, the glory of the world, momentary accolades, awards, happiness, or the full joy of living in glory as a child of God? The Holy Spirit helps us to get the right answer. It's not complicated. Brothers and sisters in Christ, our confidence is that God will not just make things better. He will renew all things and make them perfect glorious, incorruptible. And that includes you. And that glory is coming to you. Remember, we're not going to glory. We're not going to escape creation. We aren't leaving our bodies behind forever. Instead, Christ comes on the last day to restore all things. To restore our bodies. No more death and decay in all around I see, right? No more death and decay in all around I see. And when I thought of that, when I thought of that, um, that hymn, no death and decay in all around I see, abide with me is what it's from. No more death and decay in all around I see. I thought, well, <laughs> maybe our raisins will turn into grapes. I don't know. But in the meantime, take heart. Lean into that true hope that the Holy Spirit has given you. That glory will far outweigh suffering. That suffering gives way to much, much greater glory. And while you take it now by faith, one day it will be evident for all to see forever and ever. Amen. And may the peace that surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.